Good morning and happy Veterans Day to everyone out there. This one's unfortunately a little bit late today. Sunday and Saturday were just chaos over here. So unfortunately, I didn't get the podcast up on Sunday evening like I usually try to. But one day late, I figure it'll be a special holiday edition. And for this one, as I alluded to on my last podcast, I wanted to do one of the top 10, top 15, top 20 lists. Um, These are fun for me to do. Well, (laughs) they're fun in some ways and not so fun in others. First of all, I have a very difficult time narrowing my favorite tarantulas down to just a handful. I've kept, I believe I'm up to 130 different species I've kept. And out of those species, I, I haven't found one I didn't like yet, quite honestly. It's funny because a lot of times on forums and on Facebook groups, somebody will throw out the question, hey, we all talk about our favorite species. What are our least favorite species? And people will go out there bashing you know, certain species. And I never understood that because I really don't have any that I don't like. They all come with their own charm and traits and things that you can appreciate about them. I just really haven't had anything that I've sat back and went, I will never keep this again. Or, dear Lord, I feel... Like, I should never have bought it in the first place. It just doesn't happen. So, again, I get where people probably buy stuff, and it's not what they expect. You know, I've heard people buy, you know, H. Lividum, C. Lividum, and basically say, oh, I thought I was going to see it out all the time. It's a pet hole. And it's like, well, you should have done a little more research because you don't see them very often. Or people will buy, you know, the one that is very popular to bash lately is G. Rosea slash Proteri. And people will buy them and go, I don't get it. It just sits there. So, Everybody's going to have their favorites. I guess everybody's going to have ones that they kept that just kind of disappointed, but we're going to concentrate for this one on the favorites. And then I do have to do my warning ahead of time because I, I did a couple of these lists on YouTube. I did, I believe, my top five favorite old worlds and then my top, I want to say top ten new world species. And even with that, it wasn't even particularly accurate because I forgot the GBB on one of them on the New World Species, which I was completely embarrassed about because it was supposed to be in there. I basically taken video of all these tarantulas, numbered all the videos to put them in order, and somehow I double numbered the, where the GBB was going to be, so I completely left it out. So just to open this up, this isn't, this is just my opinion. These are ones that I like, and I will tell you right now that this list changed dozens of times while I was making it because I would remember other species that I wanted to include, and if I did this again a month it could change that I'm always keeping and trying new things so you never know when something might get bumped off because I found another species that you know I'm particularly enamored with at the moment so please don't get offended if yours doesn't appear on here or if it's on a higher spot than you would expect I know people are very they develop attachments to species they really like and they kind of get upset when they don't see them appear on other people's favorites list. So keep in mind, chances are if there's something that doesn't get mentioned on here, I've kept it or keep it and I have probably had it on the list at one point or another. Even now as I'm sitting here writing this, I'm realizing I double numbered one so somebody's going to have to get bumped unfortunately. It's just the way it goes. So here we go. And I've done the new world species. I've done the old world species. What I'm going to do now is just kind of the list of my favorite species at the moment and keep in mind again this is something that's very it's going to change over the course of time as I keep more things as species mature some of these guys are just slings right now and I haven't gotten to really see them in their full adult glory or seen their adult behaviors some I haven't had a particularly long time which means I haven't had a chance to really observe them completely so things are going to change and this is just ones in my collection this represents particular specimens in my collection that I particularly like so in some cases it'll just be I can tell you flat out I love the species that's never going to change in other cases 
cases, it's I can think of two spiders on this list. I just absolutely adore these two specimens I have because of their unique traits and their kind of quirky personalities. Right. Even now I'm looking at this list and second-guessing myself because I just saw that I left off Phlogius crassipes, which is one of my favorite species. So I guess that'll be an honorable mention right now. It got bumped off by the P. murinus, the OBT. So right there, I'm already having a hard time with this list because I'm bumping things off that I think should be on it. I, just, I should just open it up to like the top 150 species and just list everybody tied for number one. That would probably be easier. So to kick this one off... Already mentioned this one. We got the P. murinus or the OBT. I, I love these guys. And I think over the years, they've kind of fallen out of favor with some in the hobby. I think part of the problem is that, A, they were very readily available, at least here in the States, and often used as freebies. And, B, they were one of the species that um, established keepers would use as kind of a boogeyman to uh, scare off folks that are new to the hobby that are trying to get right into old worlds. It seemed to be a species because of its bright coloration and its legendary poor temperament that a lot of newcomers would get in the hobby like, man, I want to get one of these. And it was more of an adrenaline thing. Like they wanted something that was scary and possibly dangerous. And so you'd often back in the day in arachnoboards, it was usually once a week, somebody would be like, hey, I'm getting my first tarantula, an OBT. And everybody would jump on them and tell them how irresponsible they are and how it's going to bite them and kill their children and kill their dogs and everything else. So I do think that unfortunately, because of years of this, it got a bad rep. I, there were actually people on there that would make a, a point of saying that they didn't like the species at all and they didn't, you know, really didn't understand why people would even keep it, which I think turned some other people off to it. Personally, I find them to be absolutely gorgeous. I lucked out in that the female that I got years ago is about a half inch sling is blossom into just a beautiful and very laid-back spider. I mean, she's one of the ones I, every morning when I go down in my room, I keep all my clothes for school in my tarantula room because we have a small closet upstairs, so Billy stuff's up there, a little personal note if anybody cares, and I get dressed in the tarantula room, which is fantastic first thing in the morning, but I always look over, and she's always sitting right on the top of her cage, and if I get too close or I bump the cage, she just calmly goes back into her burrow, and I've never had an issue with her. I had that one moment where I tried to feed her, and I have video of this online, and I dropped a cricket in, and the cricket was basically sitting there. It was, it was stalking the cricket, and I blew on the webbing away from the cricket, and it basically launched out. But it was a feeding response. It wasn't angry. It wasn't being defensive. Now, granted, I think a lot of people do have ones that are particularly ornery, and they will bite if provoked or if they feel threatened. And I think that's important to note. I do think that if you give them enough space, though, you're going to have a more laid-back spider. But just a gorgeous – I have a thing for orange spiders, I think, People have probably noticed that. And that was the first one I saw that was like, oh, my Lord, i got to own that. And I did get one fairly early on and did fine with it. But I started with the sling. It was very slow growing, so I had plenty of time to get ready for what was potentially going to be a little ball of rage. So number 14 on the list, and this one I, I toyed with because I love these guys. Uh, it would be the Gramostola pulchropes or the Chaco Golden E or the Golden E Tarantula. I've heard a couple different names for them. I adore these ones, and they were one of the first when I was doing my hunt for to see which species I would get when I was first getting into slings and really getting heavy into the hobby. And I thought they just looked gorgeous, and I heard they could get like seven, eight inches. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then I heard they were supposedly very docile, so even better. So I did pick up two little slings or about um, maybe a third of an inch years ago, and they took forever 
ever to grow. And I've told this story many times where they basically buried themselves one time. It was about October, and they reemerged finally in April or May. And at that time, they weren't eating. They were just buried, and I thought for sure I had lost both of them. Well, lo and behold, they both came out. They hadn't – well, I'm not even sure if they molded. I don't think they molded. I think they were just hibernating or something. Not hibernating, but um, fasting. And they both came out. They were voracious ears. They ate. At that time, they seemed like they would molt every, like, four or five months and gain very little size. Well, finally, little by little, they hit, like, that one-inch mark, and then they really started putting on serious size. And now both of them, I have a female, a lovely little female, and – you know, a little uh, male, and they are both finally sporting their adult colors. They're about three and a half, four, and maybe actually probably closer to four and a half inches now, but just gorgeous. And in the meantime, while I was waiting for those two to grow up, I actually purchased another larger juvenile that also turned out to be male because I didn't feel like waiting. And now that guy's pushing probably about five and a half inches or so. And later on, I made an order, and I accidentally got sent a Polkrapes instead of another species I purchased. And basically, I was allowed to keep that one. That one at the time, again, was about a third of an inch. And now that one is pushing about two and a half, three inches or so. So I have four of them. And they're ones I always plan to get rid of or trade off or give to somebody. I don't, I'm don't. i not big into selling my tarantulas. I, I don't really particularly need the money. And I have this thing about selling them. But uh, giving them a good home would be great. But I don't want to get rid of it. I love these guys. And I just they make me happy. One of them the other morning I came in, it was sitting there. And it just looked like it was just staring at me. And just gorgeous species, very cool, and one of my favorites in my collection. Next one, while we're talking about the slow growers, is Brachypelma auratum. Uh, this one will likely move up on the list as it puts on more size. I saw a picture of one of these about four or five years back and thought it was some type of color variation of Brachypelma. It was Smithy at the time. I saw a picture. I thought it looked like something somebody doctored on Photoshop and then found out, nope, there's a species on, of its own. They are just gorgeous. I don't know. There's just something about the coloration. I think Bihamari is also a gorgeous spider, but there's just something about the Auratum with the colorations. So I picked up a little sling, which I ended up naming Autumn. I, I don't name a lot of my tarantulas. They have to do something to get a name, basically. If, if they're just sitting there and kind of being tarantulas or pet rocks or pet holes, it, it, I don't feel inspired. A lot of times it's when they do something or some particular character trait that I notice or that emerges that I say, all right, this one's got a name. Autumn was just adorable. I picked her up. She was a tiny, tiny little about third inch sling. And just like the grandma stole a poker piece. Oh my Lord, did she take a long time to grow? I mean, we started joking that I was going to have to leave her to my grandkids because she was taking so long to mature. I mean, just, she was eating okay, but just wouldn't molt. Uh, took quite a while in between molts and then didn't put on a lot of size when they molt, when she molted, so it took a good, I think I've had her about four years now, and she's about an inch and a half, maybe an inch and three quarters, finally sporting some of those beautiful adult colors, just so proud of it, just absolutely stunning. I can't imagine what this spider's going to look like when she's full grown. Again, I haven't sexed her, it could be, with my luck, it's probably going to be a male. I'm just hoping we're getting a female out of it, but Slow-growing species, so if you pick ones up as slings, no, it's going to be quite some time before they're sporting those gorgeous adult colorations. However, it's been well worth it. She's been quite the character. You know, she would burrow a bit, but she would always kind of come out and be inquisitive. Just cute little thing. So that would be Autumn the Bee Auratum, and definitely one of my favorite species, and one that I, again, I think as time goes on and she starts putting on some size and we get her into, you know, our final enclosure and set up, she's going to end up being one of my all-time favorites. 
Next up, we have one of the first slings I ever bought. The Carabina Versicolor was originally a Vicularia Versicolor for those just getting into the hobby. Uh, they're just, what can you say about them? They're fluffy. The colors are amazing. They go through a myriad of color changes as they mature from slings to adults. And I think that was one of the, my favorite parts about keeping the spider was they start off as beautiful, a brilliant blue sling. And then as they molt and start that march on toward adulthood, they start picking up some wonderful coloration. So you get to enjoy it. It's one of those few spiders, I think, that both the adult color form and the sling form are both gorgeous. Sometimes you have one that the slings are really nice and they molt out of it eventually. Sometimes you have ones that the slings are drab, but the adults are beautiful. This is one of those rare cases where they look like two distinct spiders and both versions of the spider are just incredibly good looking. But I bought my first as a sling, and this was back when you know people were talking about SAD, sudden uh, Vic death syndrome. And luckily I got some good advice how to keep them, and I did not keep her super moist. I kept her in a well-ventilated container. I would, you know, didn't overdo it with the spraying, and she ate well. This was one of the only ones I've ever kept, the only tarantulas I've ever kept that I tong fed. And basically what would happen is she built a little funnel web like right up the corner of the top part of her enclosure it was one of those amac box enclosures and although i would drop little roaches on the bottom on the substrate she never seemed to come down to hunt and i would drop one in you know in the nighttime come back in the morning it was still there so finally what i started doing is i would tilt the container on its side open pull the bottom of the amac box i had the box inverted so the lid was actually the bottom i pull the bottom off and take a little roach and I would take the tweezers and hold it right to the end of that little web she created in the corner and she would come out and grab the thing right from the tweezers. It was adorable and it got to the point where after feeding her like this for a few months I would tilt the thing on its side and she would come and wait right at the edge so she knew it was coming. It was really neat to kind of see the conditioned response that she recognized when the cage came down, when it was tipped over, she was getting fed. And now, of course, she's a full-grown female who actually had a bunch of babies of her own recently, and those all went to Fear Not Tarantulas. I kept a couple myself. I'll raise up, hopefully, to healthy adults because they're just stunning spiders. Big fluff balls with just amazing colorations, just not much like them out there. There's nothing like them out there. So for people looking for you know fairly gentle spiders, mine's a little crazy now. She had the babies. She was pretty good when she had the babies, and then she molted out after having the babies. Now she's a bit of a psycho. I open that container, she goes skittering all around. So always keep in mind that spiders can change their temperaments after molts. This one went from being rather calm to rather crazy, but overall they're not going to jump out and try to attack you, and they do not kick hairs. They do have type 2 urticating hairs, so it means when they're rubbing their bums on you, if you're trying to handle them, that's their way of hairing you. So just a heads up there, but... Gorgeous species and one I think that just about everybody should have in their collections. And in the number 12 spot, I have a species that I love talking about, the Bumba Cabocla. I'll admit it, the first time I'd ever heard of these, I was more enamored with the name. I believe back at that time it was Maraca Cabocla and saw pictures of them. And they, I'll admit, this is one of the last species of spiders that used to kind of creep me out in pictures because although I got over my fear of tarantulas very quickly, it took another few years for me to get over my fear of spiders completely. And the Bumba Cabocla, they almost with their sharp legs, almost look like house spiders or, co or true spiders. So I used to look at pictures of them and I'm like, man, I love the looks of those, you know, that reddish carapace they got and that silky black appearance is just absolutely stunning. But they looked kind of like regular spiders to me or true spiders. So it took me a little while to finally pick one up. When I did, I picked up two slings and they immediately became 
two of my favorite spiders in my collection, but just two of the more unique things I kept at the time. This is before they kind of really got out there. And just absolutely enjoyed growing these guys up. It took a little while. They're kind of medium growers, maybe even kind of on the slower end. I do recall that their eating habits weren't fantastic when they were smaller. They would sometimes not venture out and eat. They would eat one day and not eat another. But as they put on size, they became more voracious eaters, and I had no problem with it. But just know as slings, and I don't know, maybe other people have experienced the same thing. They were a little less voracious than I was used to with some of the stuff I was keeping. But once they started putting on those adult colors, just just an amazing-looking spider. One of the more unique ones, I think, that we have in the hobby. Now mine are stone-cold killers as far as eating. I have no issues with them taking down prey. I dropped in, uh, accidentally dropped in two large crickets to my adult female the other day. I usually just give her one. And they were, they were big, like full adult crickets. And she wrestled them both down, made a little burrito out of them. So really cute to watch. But... For people who are looking for something that is beautiful and unique looking, Bumba Kabulka are definitely one of the more interesting spiders we have on the market. And I, I always encourage folks to check them out. And I'm actually kind of surprised at how many folks have never seen them before. They come back to me like, wow, these are really cool. I've never noticed these. So we'd love to see these guys get a little more recognition and a little more popularity. So coming up at number 10, we have Salma P.S. Cambridge This one was a tough one for me because I also like Armenia, but I don't know, there's just a a special place in my heart for my Cambridge This species was one I actually overlooked for quite some time as I wasn't particularly into arboreals for several years. And then I noticed some pictures of somebody posted one online and it just kind of struck me. So at the time, Pet Center USA, if anybody remembers them, was still open. And they were offering a Cambridge Eye if you spent a certain dollar amount as a freebie. So I basically negotiated. So I spent exactly or just over that dollar amount, I didn't want the other freebie, which was a bee hammer. I already had one of those to get this one as a freebie. I picked it up as a sling and just became one of my favorites. They're just hardy. They're great eaters. And just I, personally, I think they're stunning as adults. That olive green, olive green color they have is just very, very unique. I have a thing for spiders to have any type of green on them, and they do have kind of a greenish tint to them, and just a big, bold, beautiful spider. Now, temperament-wise, I know some people have problems with theirs. Mine is actually very, very laid back, and doesn't. I've never had any issues from her. Her rehousings all went very well, and when I feed her, she's fun one to feed, because if I get her aware that I'm there and toss a cricket at her, more often than not, she can catch the crickets out of the air, which I just love. I'll never get sick of that my pisolotheria will do the same exact thing so just a really cool species and one that i think went underrated for a while because again i think they they're easily bred they're very readily available as evidenced by the fact that i got mine as a freebie and i think because of that some people ignored them but i have talked to many people since last mentioning my love for this species i think he did a video about them and a lot of people came forward saying they absolutely love them so cambridge eye and that's one that honestly could be even further up on the list i wrestled with the placement of this one because it's one of my favorites to feed and look at and that's what you know tarantula keeping is all about and that's kind of what defines a you know what your favorite spider is the ones you absolutely enjoy working with but you know who knows maybe the next time we'll do the list she'll move on up for number nine and i bounced around between a couple here and one of the species that i had on my other list got bounced off as a result but we have the nandu trepepi I love this little blonde ball of fluff. I picked this one up as, and it's, I usually don't do this, and I'm going to have to get slings and raise them up, but I, I believe it was Tom Patterson had a four-inch female for sale, and I was just, usually I don't buy adults. If I buy a sexed 
specimen, it's usually a smaller like inch and a half or maybe two inches tops because I do enjoy growing them up from slings. But in this case, I jumped for it. It was a good price and I had seen pictures of them. They looked gorgeous. I picked her up. I love this thing. She's just, I, she strikes me as like a cat. I don't even know how to explain it. Very, very lively, but not defensive at all. It's never kicked a hair. This is one of the ones that when I would open the enclosure to feed her, she'd kind of come over to investigate and sometimes get like right up on her back legs like she was peeking over the edge of the enclosure. Whether or not she recognized the fact that me opening the enclosure went food, I don't know, but it was still cute behavior. And it's just one of the more unique species because she's so fluffy. You don't see a lot of those super fluffy terrestrials. And the coloration just, it's one of the ones I just can't do justice to on film. I take pictures of her with my phone or on my camera it just doesn't pop out but it's a blonde but almost an orangey blonde again I have that thing for orange spiders and she's so big she's a big hefty girl now I got her as four inches about I want to say two years ago and since then she has already molted three times so it seems to be quite the fast grower which is why I want to get some slings and try the slings out because it would be fun growing one of these big beautiful blonde beauties up from a little baby but easily one of my favorite tarantulas this is one of Billy's favorite too. She always comes over. Sometimes I'm feeding. She has certain ones that she'll run over to kind of take a look at. And this is one of our favorites. And she does need a name and th th she has earned a name. I will say that, but we're still the jury's still out. We have a couple that we're thinking about. So stay tuned. She will be getting a name because she is one of the ones that's definitely quirky enough to have earned one. But definitely Nandru Trapepi, one of the cooler species I've kept. And it's been great because lately I've received a lot of Facebook comment or YouTube comments and emails about people who are picking these guys up and some who have picked up adults have been just as enamored with theirs as I am with mine. So very cool species that doesn't get mentioned as much. You don't see it around as much, but definitely deserves some more recognition. And next up, number eight, we have another specimen that I picked up from Tom Patterson a while back. This was actually the one that got me to order from him because they looked very unique and I had been kind of eyeing them. Saracopelma species Santa Catalina. I adore my female. I picked her up as an unsexed juvenile. And since then, she has molted several times. She's a big, beautiful girl, probably pushing seven or so inches now. I haven't been able to get a good measurement on her. But just a, one of the more unique colorations of spiders that I keep. She's this big, you know, tropical terrestrial, but just a cool reddish, I don't even know how to describe reddish brown, reddish burgundy almost coloration to her with the black that just makes for a wonderful contrast. She's very, very spunky. I will say she was calmer as a juvenile and young adult. Now that she's a, a full adult, she's pretty bold. I've never gotten a threat pose from her. She's never tried to escape. She's never slapped or anything like that. But I will say that if you bump the enclosure or if you startle her by dropping food in, she can go a little bit. She'll take some laps around the enclosure but overall not bad i am going to get her in something bigger i'm looking to get her in either a jamie's or a lorax plastics enclosure something bigger and beautiful so i can show her off because she's one of my favorite all-time spiders just gorgeous to look at unique definitely looking to hopefully breed her in the future because i have gotten some interest when i posted videos up of these people asking where they can get some and you don't see them out there all that much and i think with you know pamphibedius and formictopus getting a lot of the attention as far as those big hefty you know tropical terrestrials you don't see as much with Saracopelma. so i hopefully we'll be able to someday breed her and get some of those slings out there so other people can kind of see what i see next up for number seven we have the c cyanio pubicins or 
better known as the GBB or Green Bottle Blue. Sadly, I forgot to include this one. I didn't forget. Uh, when I made my list of my favorite New World species for my YouTube video, I had actually double-labeled two of them at the same number. One of them was GBB. So when I assembled all the video clips, I grabbed the other species and left the GBB out. And a lot of people called me on it and were shocked that it wasn't on the list. And I was shocked that it wasn't on the list because it was supposed to be on the list. It was supposed to be pretty high up. I love these guys. This was one of the first blue spiders I saw when I started doing research on tarantulas. Couldn't even believe it was a real thing. It was one of the ones I assumed had to be Photoshop. And then I found out not only was it a gorgeous blue with green carapace and those red ceda on the abdomen, just a, a, a brilliant looking tarantula, but it was one of the ones that's considered a beginner species. Now, granted, the behaviors of these guys, you got to keep an eye on them because they are fast. I've had many people contact me that telling me how ridiculously fast their GBBs are. And this is before they get into Pisolotheria or Tapanakinia species or even Salmopia, some of the real fast movers. But they do, they are, as far as beginner species are concerned, fairly quick and that can startle people. And they also can be very, very skittish. You know, mine went through a period of about two years. I have two females where they were kicking hairs like crazy. If you even bumped the enclosure, they would kick a hair. If you dropped a food item in before they pounce on it, they would kick hairs because you disturbed them. So just keep in mind they can be, you know, pretty nasty hair kickers. But like we mentioned earlier, sometimes they molt out of it. And in my case, both of them molted. And after the recent molts, they've become much more calm. So just keep an eye on the temperament. Remember that if you get these guys and you are a beginner, they are quick. They aren't really prone to bite, but they can bolt around. And another plus for this species is the webbing. They will cover everything in thick white. I mean, I have two, the two females I have, one of them I really have to rehouse, but I'm reluctant to do so because she has just filled that enclosure so much with white. I hate to tear it all down, but she's going to need a new home soon, so she's going to get out of there. And keep in mind when setting them up, you want to give them a little extra space. So although a lot of times they're considered terrestrials, folks like to set them up semi-arboreally, so with a little extra height, so it gives them more room to web. Because the last thing you need them doing is webbing all the way up to the top of the enclosure and webbing the lid, because when that happens and you pull the top off, then you have have a spooked spider but the gbb definitely one of the cooler ones out there gorgeous voracious eaters that needs to be mentioned these are some of the best eaters you can find they will sprint across an enclosure and tackle a prey item rolling around with it if you listen to people when i do feeding videos and especially when i do like the uh, contest with mark tarantulas the takedowns the uh, off the tongs takedown challenge a lot of people are like why don't you feed your gbbs and usually it ends up when we do one of these minor and pre-molt not eating it's happened i think twice now but those would be the spiders i would go to for some really good takedowns because they're crazy but amazing species gbb and i think one that you know most people should probably have in their collections for number six, we have one of my all-time favorite, Orphanacus philippinus, or the Philippine tangerine. This was one of the first uh, old-world burrowing species I ever picked up, and I will admit I was attracted to it by its coloration. As I've mentioned earlier, I love orange, and I love orange tarantulas, and these guys definitely fit the bill. They're beautiful, light, slick-looking, like they're, they almost look velvety in appearance. And mine started off huge burrows. When they were slings, all they they burrowed, I gave them like five or six inches of moist substrate. They burrowed right, burrowed right down to the bottom. And as luck would have it, both of them burrowed right at the side of the enclosure so I could see them at all times. But they were great hunters. They'd pop up, grab their prey, pull it right down in the burrow. As they got older, they have stopped burrowing as much. I rehoused both of them and gave them about seven inches of moist substrate, starter burrow. And neither of them burrowed. One, one of them burrowed 
basically maybe down a few inches, filled up the burrow entrance and went into pre-molt, came out, molted, and she is basically just sitting outside. She has webbed up a lot of the enclosure. And the other one is didn't even burrow at all, basically just webbed up on the surface. So keep that in mind if you're keeping adults. I thought about removing or changing the enclosure mine because both of them have very deep enclosures, and if they're not burrowing and not using it, it's kind of a waste of space. But I did leave them in there, so if they ever do decide to burrow again, they can. But I'm glad they didn't because they're all out in the open now beautiful spiders as slings and juveniles i found mine were more shy than defensive however now that they are adults they're still fairly laid back and will usually just kind of cower underneath their webbing or under their burrows when you open the enclosure but i have had ones get startled both of mine have been startled at two different points and they will boogie they'll sprint around that enclosure it's kind of weird because they were so calm growing up but now that they're adults you'd think they'd be more laid back but no it's the opposite so just a gorgeous species. I'm seeing them out and about more often, more people offering them. And for those who like the fossorial species, I think they have a lot to offer. And those like orange spiders or beautiful spiders or spiders that just don't look like a lot of things offered on the market, I would definitely go ahead and check these guys out. Now, I thought about keeping Formictopus and Pisolotheria off of this list because anybody that follows any of my social media or whatever knows I absolutely love Pisolotheria and absolutely love Formictopus. And they've I've been pushing Formictopus for years for people to try them out as alternatives to Pamphobetius. And although I love Pamphobetius too, don't Pamphobetius, don't get mad at me. Um, but I almost left them off because I just, I absolutely adore both genera so much that it's kind of unfair because I, I could literally fill the top 10 with just species of these guys. So what I'm going to do is include a couple of them and I'll, I'll include one of each basically. And for Pisolotheria, the one that's really caught my eye now, and it's one of the last species I was I picked up, I stayed away from them for a while, is Pisolotheria rufalata. I am absolutely in love with my roofies, the, the spiders, not the drugs. Um, they are just amazing looking spiders. Again, I don't see a lot of green out there as far as spider colorations go. So I'm always looking for stuff that's unique. And I, I don't know how, but for years I kept Pisolotheria and people were like, you got to get Rufaladas. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. And I guess the pictures just didn't do them justice because I look up the pictures and go, all right, well, they look kind of drab. Mine molted the last time. They're both around seven and a half inches or now. And when they molted and picked up their adult coloration, I was stunned. Like, I got them under the light and could not believe the coloration. That green is just amazing. They're just gorgeous. Those giant front feet they have almost makes them cute. And just big, gangly, lovely spiders. So uh, they've definitely risen to the top as far as my favorite Pisolotheria species. The fact that they can hit 10 inches. I can't even imagine one of these things at 10 inches. Mine, like I said, are, you know, 7 pushing 8 probably now. And they're already gigantic. I can't imagine what they'd look like with another, you know, three inches on them. But just amazing species. Mine, I've heard this species has a reputation for being more bold and defensive, which can be scary when coupled with the fact that it's also the largest species or one of the largest species of Pisolotheria. Mine so far have been rather shy and timid. They both kind of huddle in the stress pose underneath the cork barks in their enclosures whenever I open it and don't generally venture out as long as I'm doing any work in there. And again, I always keep an eye on them. I don't want them bolting, but they tend to hide rather than stand their ground. And that's what I found with most Pisolotheria species. But just stunning spiders. I can't wait to these guys get to be 10 inches. They're going to both be getting huge enclosures, and I'm going to do all up because those will be showcase spiders. Because, again, you don't see many green ones, and so when you get them, you want to show them off. 
And for number four, we're going to sneak a Formictopus in there. We're going to go with Formictopus species, Dominican Violet. Honestly, I love all my Formictopus, and trying to choose just one is ridiculously difficult. But I'm going to go for one of the biggest and, and best surprises I've ever got as far as you know, buying spiders and not knowing what they're going to look like as adults. The two I have are both brilliant. One of them I use as the background of my YouTube banner. So you can see it up there with the pink, you know, almost fuchsia carapace and the purple on them. They're just ridiculously attractive spiders. And and anytime I post videos up on them on YouTube, I have people asking me where I got them. Just... Uh, Again, I, I'm not all about just appearance because obviously some of the spiders I have in this list you wouldn't necessarily say are the most attractive. But these guys are just cool spiders all around and the added fact that they have those purples and indigos. just I, I don't even know how to honestly describe the colors on. Both of them, I believe, are females, although the last one, I, I'm going more on the fact of the size and haven't matured out males yet. One, I actually sexed the mole. It's definitely female. The other one, I haven't been able to get an intact mole. But they both have slightly different colorations, with one being more on the pink or fuchsia side, and the other being more dark indigo, deep purple side, and both of them are equally stunning. Just amazing spiders, and now they're getting quite large. I believe they're about seven inches now, so the next molt should bring some serious size and temperament wise they've been actually pretty good and pretty laid back which has been great they do get if you drop something in i have had some threat postures but they're kind of the laid back fangs aren't bared you know more just making themselves look big stay away but if i startle them by dropping food in i have had a couple of them kind of go off so again they are big spiders people have talked about theirs being bold and defensive so something to keep an eye on if you get into formictopus i will say now that my cancer females have matured they can be a little bit more gnarly than they were before but still overall mostly act like a g rosea as far as a pet rock they'll just sit there when i open the enclosure and i drop prey items in they eat it's fine so from Mictopus species, Dominican violets, just gorgeous spiders. If you can find these anywhere, I encourage people to grab them up. I would love to see more from Mictopus in the hobby, and I would love to see specifically some of the more colorful ones in the hobby because I bought a lot of these like four or five years ago as slings, and since then I have not seen them around. So if you see them, grab them up. Time for the top three. At number three, I'm going to have to go with Harpactera or Harpactera. Pulcropies, the golden blue leg baboon. I absolutely adore my H. Pulcropies. This was the, actually the most I've ever spent for a tarantula. I picked up a sexed female juvenile years ago and spent upwards of, I think it was around 200 bucks for it, which at the time was actually a great price, but it was the end of the summer. I hadn't had a paycheck all summer because I teach. I get kind of a balloon check and I have to dole out my money and be responsible with it. And somebody had a deal on them and I went for it and I still have the female. I just rehoused her. Just an absolutely stunning animal. And the big surprise for me has been the behavior. They can be rather skittish as slings, and I know my buddy Brad had a couple of them get out and do the race around, and I kind of laughed, and then we got a new sling from Tanya a couple months back, and that one was up my shoulder, around my back, and on the back of my leg. First time that had ever happened to me during a rehousing. Billy had to go cup him on the back of my leg, I think. So they are quick as slings, and if they're caught out in the open, they will boogie, and man, do they go, and they don't seem to have that spider speed where they go really fast and slow down. Mine just kept going. So just something to keep in mind, but mine has calmed down as an adult, and she's now very laid back. I did a rehousing of her, and I, it was almost heartbreaking because here they 
are, you know, the baboons that get the bad reputation for being particularly nasty and threat postures and they're, they're nasty bites. I put the catch cup in and she just basically curled her knees over her eyes and her carapace in the stress pose and just calmly let me move her over. And the other thing, when I dropped her back in, she just spread out a little bit and sat there. That was it. There was no fight. There was no defensive posturing. Now, again, obviously, temperaments may vary from specimen to specimen. So for those of you out there that are keeping, you know, little demons I apologize. Mine just happens to be very well behaved. So you do need to be aware the potential is there, but mine have been all very laid back. I have my sling now that I picked up. The second one is now about two and a half inches or so, and it's pretty bold. We'll come out and sit right out in the open, but not defensive at all. No threat postures. The only time I ever got a threat posture from one of these was when I, twice it happened, sadly, I went to drop a cricket in. The cricket actually bounced off of the spider and it freaked it out, but they come down quickly and then ate the cricket. So I would say this is one of these rare cases where they're beautiful and their temperaments seem to be particularly good, especially for, you know, normally defensive old world species. And this is one I do recommend for a beginner old world. And the good thing is the prices have finally come down. So the slings, you can find the slings. I've seen them as low as 45, but usually around 50, 60 bucks. But they're very, very hardy. There's not a lot of, you know, you don't have to worry about humidity per se. They don't seem to gravitate toward it, although they'll, they'll appreciate a moist corner. Great eaters, fairly fast growers, and just stunning spiders. So easily one of my top favorites. And this is one that I don't think will ever move from the top three. I said the list could be very malleable. It could change. But I don't ever see these guys leaving the top three. I just really like them too much. And I'm glad to see them you know, going down in price so more people get to enjoy them and see what I see. Number two, it's kind of funny because I just had a discussion with somebody that said they hate these guys. And it, they seem to be a bit polarizing. Uh, it's Theraphosa Sturmy, although I do have two blondies that could come up here. I mean, they're, they're so similar. Let's just call it Sturmy Blondie, but I absolutely love them. And again, it, part of it is due to the fact that the size, I'll just throw it out there. I know a lot of people get to the point where it's like, all right, I don't care how big they are anymore. I do keep dwarf species. There was a point where I was kind of a, uh, kind of a snob when it came to smaller tarantulas. Like I, I if I'm going to get a tarantula, I want something huge. I want something big. I want something that's going to floor people when I show them. And the dwarfs didn't do it for me for quite some time. Now I've gotten into them. I don't care how small the species may be. If it's cool, I don't care. But I still love the big ones. And there's nothing that tops these guys. They grow super fast. They are ridiculously quick as slings. And the hunting, it doesn't get mentioned much, but watching these guys hunt, I have two blondies right now that i am raising and when you drop roaches in they move so quickly grab it wrap it up same thing with the sturmy just awesome to watch eat and the growth rate on these guys is just uncanny i believe we had one go from it was a second instar third inst i think second instar sling the first two i ever got and they basically reached five and a half to six inches in the first year the amount of size they put on when they molt is uncanny and again i keep formictopus and one of the things i like about formictopus is the amount of size they can put on especially with those like fourth fifth instar molts when they really pack on it seems you know you, you start off with a little juvenile next thing you know you have a big hairy adult on your hands but they easily lap the formictopus or panthobedius and uh, there's something to be said with having a big nine and a half ten inch adult I just can't get over it personally. I, I still find they're one of the few spiders I keep that still kind of bring some of that sense of awe I used to get when I was kind of scared of them. And I'm not frightened of mine at all, but there is that, wow, look at the size of this one. And this is one that when I bring out when we have company and they want to see, whoa, what's the biggest spider you have? I've heard they can get to be 10 inches. That's not true. And then I whip out, I now have my male, unfortunately, my female passed. And 
the looks on people's faces when they see just how massive these guys are. So, yep, I get that some people don't like them. I've heard the complaint, well, they're just big brown spiders. Um, I I get it. I, I do. Just for me personally, I love them. I will always have one in my collection. And I don't think that that it'll ever wear off as far as I'm concerned, the size of them, just how big they are and just how cool they are to keep. I mean, that's one thing I don't ever have to worry about eating. I drop prey items in these guys. They are across that enclosure in a blink, grab it up and back in their burrow. It's one thing that's never mentioned as much as how fast they can be. Luckily they calm down a bit as adults, but I did have a mature male that once got spooked and watching that thing skitter around. Billy said it looked like it reminded me of the alien face huggers and, and she was kind of right. It was a little creepy, but just amazing animals. You know, Therefore, so I, I don't have an apophysis yet, but maybe that one will change my mind. Maybe that will go to the top of the list. I've seen some beautiful pictures of those, but definitely love them and definitely some of my favorite tarantulas to keep. All right, so we're at number one. How many people out there have probably already guessed it? And how many people out there probably guessed it before I even went and started the list? I'll give you a second. Do you have one in mind? All right, so obviously, I think this is probably going to be pretty blatant. No big surprise here. No drum roll needed. Would be Monocentropus Balfouri or Balfouri. Anybody that's followed me either on the blog or on YouTube knows that I've got the communal of these guys. And I think that was the thing that put me over the top with them. Before the communal, I love them. They're beautiful spiders. And, and again, not just blue. It's that creamy color they have. The overall coloration of them is just gorgeous as well. It's just a wonderful combination. Very unique looking spider. And I think this is one of the old world species that can make a good beginner old world because they tend to be more shy than defensive. So I love them to begin with. I originally had three that I picked up as, I think they, they were sold as juveniles or about an inch in a quarter maybe, but they were very secretive, rarely came out, didn't eat particularly well, took a long time to grow, but I still love them. They were gorgeous. And then I got the communal set up and then I got to see what these guys are really about. And it's like, I realized now that by keeping them separately, I was kind of missing out on a lot. These guys I picked up as little half inch to three quarter inch slings from Tanya at Fear Not Tarantulas hooked me up with nine of them. We put them in an enclosure together, and it just became easily my most popular series of videos on YouTube. I'm guessing a lot of people that have found me on YouTube probably found me through that. Watching these guys grow from little teeny slings to beautiful adults or sub-adults in less than a year was just staggering to me, especially after it took my other ones almost three years to get the same amount of growth. I mean, they do seem to benefit from being in each other's company. Uh, one of the things that has been observed is that the mothers are fantastic parents. And back in the day, people would pull the sacks like they often do when they get sacks of egg sacks from tarantulas. And they were finding out that the babies were dying. They weren't doing particularly well. Well, then they finally started leaving the sacks with the mothers. The mothers would raise the babies. They would kill food for the babies and let them eat. And the babies did much, much better. So this, I know it has not yet been observed in the wild, this communal behavior by them. But it, it, sh anybody that's kept them, it's ridiculously compelling to see and probably points toward this type of behavior in the wild. Again, we can't, this could have just maybe keeping them in captivity triggered some type of uh, behavior in them that is not in the wild, but they're just adjusting to captivity. I, I think that's a stretch, but who knows? We haven't seen it yet, but I do hope somebody studies them there so that we can finally see what they look like in captivity and see that communal behavior. But again, I think this pushes them 
in my mind, above and beyond any of the other species I keep, if not just for that communal behavior, to watch them interact. To, you know, I've even had some kind of scuffle over food and to watch them kind of part amicably and, you know, one walks off and just grabs a different food item. Knowing how cannibalistic spiders usually are and tarantulas usually are, to see them cooperating or interacting or I've got video of them kind of touching each other almost identifying each other and then moving on. I have video of them, you know, the spider piles back in the day, all the slings would basically congregate to one webbed area and all kind of be on top of each other, almost like my dogs always cuddled together. It was amazing to watch. Can't be top. So for that reason, I think M. Balfouri will probably remain at the top of my list as far as favorite species and I don't see that changing anytime soon. They're going to have to come up with some really freaky tarantula behavior to to you know take over that top spot from these guys because it's just it's been one of the coolest aspects of the hobby ever for me they're amazing looking the behaviors are amazing they're hardy overall and the fact they can be kept communally that's just that's a hard one to top so monocentropus balfouri socotra island blue leg baboon i think is the common name will will forever probably be my number one but we'll see who knows if Somebody finds out that heart bacteria pulcropies is actually communal, then it's going to be giving it a run for its money. And then, of course, it was the new thing on Ulathus species red, which I just realized did not make it to this list. So people are going to be really upset. And I just called myself out on it. Oops, we might have to do one of these per year and see how much it changes because I know there's going to be some that I forgot. Andrew Chromatis, um, oh my gosh, Brachypelma hammeri. Uh, there's so many that didn't make the list that probably could. So again, I just ask people to remember this is my list for this moment in time. This is not saying that the other species aren't cool or don't deserve your love. It's just, again, trying to break down all these species I kept and narrow it down to 15 is really difficult. Maybe next year I'll do a a different one and open up top 25 and see what happens. But even then, there's going to be things that are left off that I'm going to feel bad about. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Again, it's fun to do, you know, the funner things every once in a while instead of just the educational stuff. And people seem to enjoy the lists. And it's kind of a fun way, I think, to introduce people to species they might not have given a try to. I know the last time I did the the YouTube videos on the old worlds and the new worlds, a lot of people had their eyes open to species they hadn't heard about or hadn't really thought about giving a try. And they went out and picked some up. So that's all this is usually about besides the fun factor because everybody loves lists. But, you know, getting out some spiders out there, getting the names out there for people that might want to check them out. So that'll do it for this one. Again, I appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen. Still blows my mind that that many people out there enjoy listening to me talk on a Sunday evening, or in this case, Monday morning. As always, if you want to comment, please go to my Facebook page, which I desperately need to keep up with. I've just been struggling to keep up with emails and everything. I know I keep saying this, but I feel bad when people try to get a hold of me and it takes me a few days to get back to them. But feel free to post. I throw these up on Facebook so people can comment on them. As always, you can check me out at thomasbigspiders.com or I have my little YouTube channel that people might be familiar with that probably the majority of people that came here probably came from there anyway. But definitely check me out over there. So as always, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next time.